Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. This is me, Aaron, and Preston. Hi. <laughs> Another hi from Preston. Hi. There. Now you have Preston and me. So today we are going to do the same thing as normal, you know, come up with some stories using adjectives and nouns. Nouns and verbs. Because I, for some reason, every other episode, I was getting adjectives and verbs confused for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, we're going to use all three of them. And we'll get, I feel a little, a little goofy, so we might make this one, you know, pretty long, like last episode. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. We're right into it. Um, we're going to start out with the story. We're just going to start out with some verbs and stuff. But first, a word from our sponsor. <coughs> Hello, um, this is, uh, not Aaron, Larry Bean. <sighs> so, check out my YouTube channel. And that's, like, all I have to say. I do art there. So, yeah, check it out. I mean, especially it's Especially if you like art. Yeah, especially if you like art. And I, like, all of the art that, uh, Aaron does, that you see on all of those things, he did. So, he's not cop- he's not stealing art. Just know that. Okay. Anyways. He's not stealing art. Aaron is not stealing art from Larry Bean. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Definitely not. Anyways. Mm. Let's move on to this story. So let's think of some adjectives. Or. And some verbs and nouns. So let's get into it. Alright, yeah. Uh, you'll tell the story first since I told the story first last uh, episode. Looking here. Actually, I'll pick the verbs and nouns since you're telling the story. Yeah. Uh, unexpected. Uh, so would that be that's an that's an adjective? Unexpected is an adjective, right? I don't know. I'm just finding random words now, honestly. Okay. Unexpected paper towel and the jar. So un un. Unexpected paper towel jar running. No. We've already done jumping. The unexpected no. jumping paper towel jar. The unexpected flying paper towel jar. That is a story. There. Wow. Alright, let's do it. Here we go. You get to start off. Okay. Uh this is the story of the unexpected jumping paper towel no flying paper flying towel jar. flying paper towel roll wait jar. no flying paper towel jar yeah so long um so once upon a time there was this kid named Jacob and Jacob here was at the store, Hobby Lobby to be specific, and he was buying some jars. Cause he was like starting to learn about canning and stuff. So and he had like he had like this big peach, um. He had this big peach plantation, so he had lots of peaches, and so. So he saw the jar section, and so he got he gets a bunch of these jars. And he's just, like, looking for the lids and everything, grabbing everything. And then he pulls a jar out of the back that he realizes is made out of paper towels. And he's like, how on earth does this even stay together? And it doesn't appear that there's any glue or anything or any cement or anything. It's literally just paper towels. But if you hit it, it feels solid. So he's just like, wow, this is really interesting. And, th- and then so he just, like... Uh, this is probably not worth as much as the jars. So, he, he's really confused as to how much it's worth. So, he, he goes up and he's just like, what's that? Like, it just looks like a piece of garbage. You can have it for free. He's like, okay. And so, um, so yeah, so the people, they let him take him it for free. So, it goes. And the he paper towel? The paper towel jar. Paper towel jar. So is it like a jar made out of paper towels? Yeah, it's it's a paper towel. It's a jar made out of paper towels. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a jar made out of paper towels that's, like, weirdly solid. And so he goes, and he puts it in a very special place among all the other jars, and he starts canning. And so he's canning, he's canning, he's putting all the peaches in, he's, like, doing all that stuff. Um, and he's just like, oh, this is turning out really great. And so then he's just like, and then he takes a plum, like plums from his peach plantation. He has plums in his peach plantation. This is a lot of peas, but anyways, um, so he takes these plums and he's just like, let's put this in something special because I don't have very many plums and they sell for a lot more than peaches. So he goes and he takes and then he looks for the paper towel jar, but it's gone. And he's just like, dude, where did it go? And there's just a few loose, just like few little loose paper towel pieces. And he's just like, where is it? Like, where'd it go? So he's looking everywhere. And then he starts to see these little paper towel thingies, little, little sheets. And they lead out to a, a window that he left open because he was a little bit hot. And so... He left the window open, and then it was just completely open. And then he goes, and he sees his paper towel jar in the tree of his yard. And he's like, how on earth did it get there? Like, it's literally perching up there, like a bird, literally perching up there with a bird, and talking to the bird, at least that's what it looked like. But the bird was chirping at the jar, and he was just like, okay, now this is getting really weird. Like, why is it doing this? And then the I'm pretty sure the bird gave birth to this jar. Uh, That's the only logic. Only logic. Yeah, so he's just, like, he's just, like, really confused. And then the jar seems to say goodbye, and then it flies away. Exactly. And then he's just like, huh? So he goes and he starts chasing the jar. So he chases it all over town. He's just like, get back! So, um, so he's, he's running after this jar. Actually, yeah, yeah, he, um, why did I say hum? I don't know, but <laughs> okay, continue. I, I was trying to say um, but, um, hum. <laughs> yes, so he is, he's just running after this thingy because, um, his car is being, like, repaired, and so they took it away, so... He has to run after the paper jar instead of drive after it. Yeah. He doesn't even uh, have a bike, so. Imagine. Imagine. A world without cars or bikes. Yeah, so it's pretty sad. But he's, like, he's a pretty good runner. So so he's running after it. He has pretty good stamina. So he's just running and running and running. He was a jogger in high school. He, he was in track. Yeah. And he's been in, like, a couple marathons. So he's he's a very good runner. So, he's chasing after this jar, and then it starts going back to his house. And he's just like, ah! So, he starts running after it again, and then it finally perches back in the tree. And that's when he realizes that it probably has a certain connection with this bird. And so, he's just like, you know what? I don't need to give this jar any, any peaches, or, or any plums. Or even any apricots, which he only had one tree of, and it only produced a few apricots. So, he was just like, I don't need to give it any apricots. Or anything special. So, he decided in the end that he just let the flying paper towel jar... Um, Fly away, freely. Yes. And we still don't know if he was birthed by that bird. We don't, but we're suspicious. So, what do you think happened? Was he birthed by the bird? Or was he made at, by a machine? Was there a, a mix-up at the factory? Or was he just birthed normally by a bird that was like five inches smaller than the jar? That would have been really weird. Exactly. That's why it makes the most sense. Obviously. Anyways. We're going like Sherlock Holmes mold here. M- mold. Mode here. We're just going like big brain mode. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, you get to come up with the next words for this next story. I'll do this one. I'm feeling goofy, so two stories, of course.
so yeah, the next story coming up. Um, let's I'll, get to it. I'll get the I'll get the adjectives. Okay. So. Well, you'll, you'll come up with everything. So yeah. just come up with. All right, adjectives, nouns, everything. Okay, so I'm thinking trunk. Trunk. That, noun. that is the noun. Um. Could you make it kind of like a suitcase, maybe? Yes, like a trunk, trunk like suitcase. A suitcase. Okay. Not, not like the trunk of a car, right? Or like, uh, like clothes, because for some reason British say like trunk, because trunks are sometimes sometimes they say trunk. Swim trunks. Yeah. yeah, swim trunks. So it's yeah. So, so it's not, it's not yeah, suitcase. I mean, I could do that if I wanted to. Nothing yeah. to say I couldn't do that, but yeah. Oh, and I just found a word for a setting. We've actually never done this before, but medieval. Why? No, please. Not medieval. Not medieval. Okay. Let's do modern day, because I get modern to pick day. that. I get to pick the setting, because that, that goes with the story. You're just kind of like picking the normal stuff that we normally do. Adjectives. Adjectives. Just pick something. Glory. Glory. Glowing. Glory, glowing, and... Camping. Camping. <sighs> okay, so this is the story of the glowing camp. That's just the name of it. But there will be stuff to do with, like, a suitcase. Let me let me uh, tell you what all the stuff is. So, if you guys didn't hear, it is glory. Camp. Camping. Or camp. Yeah. Trunk. As, like, as in, like, a suitcase. Or, uh... Like there's one more thing. And glowing. Glowing. Yeah, those are so the four things that we glory, did. Glory, glowing, camping, and drunk. Yeah, and drunk. So we're just going to go right into that. Alright, so this is the story of the glowing camp. Okay, so a family of five. So there's two, uh, a, the parents, and three children. So they both, they were all going to have a fun time at a camp. And there was two boys and one girl. So the, it was one daughter and two brothers. So, what was the camp called? The camp was called Golden Camp. Mm-hmm. So they just thought like it sounded really interesting. It, the camp was normal. Like all the photos they found on the website, it was, it was all normal. It was four point seven stars. Four point seven exactly. Like not even any decimals after that. Exactly four point seven. So good ratings. Yeah, good ratings basically. There was good ratings from it and. They were going to the airport to get go to it because it was super far away, but it was really good. It was like it had really good food. Apparently, like they served you food. Kind of glamping, but yeah. Anyways, so let me describe some of these the family members. So the father, he uh, he's a robot. The mother's a robot. What? The daughter is a, ro- a robot. Huh? The son is a robot. What? The daughter is a robot. <gasps> Everyone are robots. And the thing is, like, they don't look like robots. They're all, they all look human. Because they have, like, human facial. They all look like humans. So, like, if someone looked at them, they would be like, oh, those are just, like, robots. Like, they're, I mean, not robots. They're just people. They're normal. But the thing is, like, they don't, and they can talk normal as well. So, they kind of just blend in with the crowd. So, when they go here, they also, they keep, uh, Timmy and Laura, which are two of the people, they keep them in the suitcase. They just literally grab them and go, in there, and you go. Actually, all of them. They just, no, they just... No, they all go inside the suitcase. Except the dad. Except the dad, because he has to carry the suitcase. So, they all, like, they're kind of, like, like, contortionists, so they can all just kind of... Yeah, they just fold up like a camping chair, almost. And then they kind of just turn into the suitcase, kind of. So, and they have glowing eyes. So the suitcase is always, like, glowing. And it's kind of like... And it makes these whirring sounds, like this whirling sounds. He just always says that there's, like, a gadget in there. Yeah, but if someone asks, like, what is glowing? And And then when they go through security, he literally just can turn the suit. He can just fold it so tiny that they can't even... They won't... He can fold it into atoms. And they can't scan it, no, just, so... just one atom. Yeah, one atom. So, like, and then he'll fold it back out 
into a normal thing and just pass right by. And then they go into, uh, and then if, after they deform out of the suitcase, they go into the bathroom stall to do that. Because if anyone saw it, it is very disturbing. So no one wants to know what happens. Anyways, so they take the, so they all are back to normal. Like all the family have kind of fallen apart from the suitcase and they all just walk off to get on the plane. So they get on the plane and Timmy's arm falls off. But the thing is, they don't obviously, they're robots, so they just kind of just pops off. This happens normally because he had a de defect when he was created. You see, this these robots were created by Timmy G, the scientist. So he named Timmy, he named that robot Timmy after him. So Timmy G, the scientist, made the whole family of robots. He was, uh, he had to use, like, parts of his soul to create them all of them so they're all interlinked that's why they can combine into like a suitcase yeah. because their minds are interlinked so the scientist is not alive anymore but it's his life work so he's technically still is alive basically parts of his brain are intermixed with all of them so they all are him basically so don't ask why he did this he just felt like it so just just don't ask because i really don't know anyways they got on a plane and they were flying and his arm fell off right timmy so and they were like oh no and one of the People saw it. They and they screamed. They went. I got it. <clears throat> yeah, like just literally exactly like that. He fell, and then she just fell and and uh, but she was a seatbelt, so she just kind of just like passed out in her seat. And then the husband of that lady, she was like, "What is going on?" But they got the arm on just just in time, and he was like, "Huh?" And then. Just like a normal family. Yeah. And then, so they, so then they get off the uh, place, and they get off freely, and they start walking. And Timmy's arm falls off. Again, the same arm. Bruh. While they're walking. And there's a bunch of people rushing by them, but they good. somehow they don't see them because they're on a ru rush. Because this is them after they got off the airplane, and they're where they need to be, but they're uh, in the airport. But the, the second airport. What so. about security cameras? Security cameras. They're invisible to security cameras. Fixed. I fixed it. Anyways. So. So they, he takes the arm and he puts it back on. To, he, they, while people are rushing by them. Because they don't notice. But then there's this little boy. His name is Robert. And he walks up to them. And he's like. He stares at it. And he, he's little. Like he's like five. So he's like super tiny compared to them. And, he, and he's just staring he's up. Directly up. And he's wearing in some, like, little purple, like, shirt. And he's just staring up. And he has, like, a purple-toned face and, like, warm cheeks. And his eyes are, like, jolted, like, big. Like, I, like probably as big as the moon. They're, they're wide because of how emotionally he's feeling. As emotionally as he's feeling. So, it's kind of crazy. Because he's just kind of, like... And they all just, like, the robots just stare at him straight. They're just, like... And then one of them just go... The husband, the, the the wife robot is just, like, Oh, are you lost, honey? And then kind of just put, it, put her hand against his neck and kind of just scoot him along <laughs> to go away. He's still a statue. Like, he's just frozen in fear. No, his sneakers just, like, squeak on the floor. And he's just, like... Ee! Yeah, like, they go... <laughs> they kind of just squeak like that. Like, that annoying squeak. Like, if you scratched a fork on a plate, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. And they, and they, <laughs> ah, I just feel it in my teeth for some reason. Uh, I don't feel it in my teeth, I feel it in my, ah. Okay, well, anyways. The wife just moves him away. And then there's all of the, and then everyone, they all go back and they put the arm on Timmy again. And they say, Timmy, if you lose your arm again, we're going to have to uh, spare you for parts. Yeah, spare him for parts. Wow. They're gonna have to go boop, 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 and then just put him in a suitcase. And his arm falls off again. And he was taken apart. They had to go into the restroom, and they had to take him apart and put him in there in the thing. He, he understood, and he was like, okay, I guess this is whatever. I'm just a robot. So they don't have emotions, necessarily. They just kind of... It's a, really just Timmy. So... And he, he's controlling them all, basically, because part of his soul is in all of them. So he's just like, oh, we'll put this one away. We're going to take apart Timmy and put him 
in the uh and they can do it really fast because they're robots. yeah they put it and then he just basically just becomes you just throw him in the suitcase and then they just go zip it up and they go the suitcase glows once again but it's so powerful this time so they have to like cover it they, they put a covering over it just in case that does happen this reason that like timmy g the scientist that created all of them he knew that like sometimes they would glow crazy sometimes so what he made, created this cover that if you throw it over it it will just instantly like blacken it and just instantly cover the light so they throw it on quickly and then they just get away they get out they exit the airport and off they go but then robert comes along the little kid he sees them again and he was just like where's timmy because he was like he was confused he was like he's not stupid so he saw that there was no timmy he's kind of smart and then there was a little kid and then his family was with him and then he pointed where's that other kid and then they were like what do you mean honey and he was like explaining how there was another kid and then the, the, the husband and wife of that robert looked up at them and they were like Pfft. they got the security over they were suspicious. And they were like, we have reports of you uh, maybe kidnapping a boy or something like that because he's gone. Just saying. So what is going on? And then the, the robots were like, don't doubt. <laughs> they don't know what to say. So they all, they're like programming. They get, they're, they're breaking. They are literally breaking down. And then the wife, she opens her arm, and, like, this part opens in her arm, and it's, like, a bright light. So it blinds officer, and they all just run. They just dip. <laughs> they just dip. And, it, and they run out, out of the airport. And then the guy comes back, but he's still blind, so he's just passed out now. He can't see. That's how bright the light is. But the robots aren't affected by it. So anyone in that room are literally blind permanently. Permanently? Yes. Even Little Robert? Little Robert wasn't in the room. Okay, good. Little Robert is okay. Why does he feel more like that? The all everyone else that you don't care about, yes. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Robert, he's chilling, bro. He's chilling, honestly. Until Robert sees them again. His family is moving back in the car, and he looks out, and they're like, and he points at them, and then they're like, they got away. So they called the police, and then again, in the police car, chased after the robots while they were just walking down the street. Cause they had, they don't have cars, so they had to just no. They got on like a like one one of those buses that would just take you. There was this bus yeah. that was called Camp Bus, and it would take you to the camp from the airport. Yeah. So they got but, on it. But the the co uh, cops were smart now. They had anti-blinding sunglasses on, basically, now. Yeah. Actually, no. These police didn't know about it. These people came from, like, an actual police station. They weren't, like, Air Force police. Mm. So they came from the police station, and while they were driving, they finally pulled up to the... They all pulled up to the camp, and they're like, have you seen these people? And then they described them. And then the bus driver was like, and he checked around, the robots, they changed how they look. In a minute. They scanned themselves, and they could just, like, change their identity. So they just changed how they looked, and they were completely, looked completely different. So the they weren't driver, spotted, and the they drove off. The bus driver has a bad memory. So they, they just drove off, and uh, they, they, got back to, they got to the camp, and... They took the suitcase, and event finally, Robert. Robert and his family were also on the bus. So he saw, so Robert saw one of the people, one of the robots, and he had, he had like a little suitcase. So the, the Robert, the robot. So he was going to dump the suit, the Tom, Timmy, because he was just, he, they took him apart, so he had to dump him somewhere. So... When he did, Robert was watching. He saw the little pieces of robot just, Dude, and he was like, like <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. And he, and then he was like, ah! so he ran off and he literally fell. He, he literally ran and tripped and fell. One of the robots saw him and he was like, huh? he didn't really know. He was like, oh whatever. He brushed it off. He's a little and they all walked so. off. So he's just running, running, running with his little purple shirt on, and he ran to his family and they got the police to come once again. And he pointed and said that there was another, there was a person dumping, like, Metal it looked like human, though, because there, the outside of the robot was, like, human-like. Yeah. So, there, but he was, like, metal. yeah, it had metal on the inside, though. It was just kind of like an outside layer. It was, ma it was made of, like, some type of silicone. So, it was kind of, like, fake, but 
like if you if you look really closely you could you wouldn't be able to tell so it's that good so so they went on and they literally were like they called the police and then they scouted them out again and when this happened the police were like arrest them and then they were like but they couldn't find them they searched the whole camp and they were never found again the robots are there some somewhere in this world. You will never know. And they have no identity. Just know that. That's the end of that story. Rest in peace, Timmy, bro. He he was a robot, but like also didn't matter. But also, Robert, he's out there too somewhere. Anyways. He still has his purple shirt. Yeah, he still has his purple shirt on. So yeah, the camp wasn't really showing that much in the story, but that doesn't matter too much. It was mainly about the airport and like they flew and all that stuff. Hopefully you guys understood that story. I mean it made sense to us, so yeah. hopefully you liked it. Alright, what time are we at? We're at twenty six, so we're probably we'll go further. Nice. I'm feeling a little more goofy. Let's add another story now. Uh it will be Preston's turn again. We're in this crazy mode right now. We're we're always goofy now. We're basically always goofy. Basically, at least yeah. when we're on a podcast. When I'm not on my podcast, I'm very just not goofy at all whatsoever. Anyways. He's absolutely serious. He never smiles. Basically. Alright, sit down here. He never and, jokes. He never smiles. He doesn't do anything that could be mild, mildly hilarious. Yeah, except just stare. He's and sit in a, in a just like a very straight position and statue-like position. You're on the podcast. Yeah, but I'm on podcast, so it doesn't. I'm not doing that right now. Okay, now we gotta move on. Let's continue this podcast. His story. Let me think of some adjectives. You hold it and just tell them about our sponsor. All right, our sponsor. Wait, do you hear Claudius? Oh, I Claudius find us. Nah, bro. Claudius is our other sponsor. No, nah, no, nah, Claudius. Uh, just letting you know, Claudius. Um, we moved to another uh layer because we didn't have. Because right now, our lair was, uh, needs to be fixed. So we're in a different lair right now. We're but Claudius up. found us. They tracked our scent. Um, I'm kind of scared. Can you sword? Okay. <gasps> Alright, let me tell you about my sponsor. So, it's just Larry Bean. Oh my gosh. Just some classic fighting noise. Anyways, Larry Bean. Larry Bean. Larry Bean. Check him out. Now. Okay. He's sponsoring me too, bro. I'm his sponsor. And yeah, like, it's pretty bustin'. Just go watch his art videos. And listen to my podcast. And you're basically chilling. We're definitely not the same people. Okay, hold this. He's hold it. Uh, <sighs> adjective. Sword. Not sword. Noun is a sword. So you have a sword. Uh, adjective. Red. Um. As in R E A D. R E D. R E D. Okay. Um. And cabinet. Those are all you have. I'll just give you those three. So, the sword. So red sword and cabinet. So those are the things you can use. Red sword cabinet. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Take this. Uh, before you start, though, I have a few seconds. Ah! And he's gone. Gone to fight Claudius. <sighs> be gentle with him. Yeah, he can be annoying sometimes. Oh, that's him shooting fire. Oh, that's nice for him. Alrighty. I, I put him in a, I put him in a, like, a prison. He should be fine for an hour. Prison, wow. That's a bit. We don't want him tracking us. That is true. He, he's a, he's a good guard, but sometimes he gets annoying. Sometimes he wants to eat us. Yeah. It, it, it sometimes gets a little severe. Yeah. Like, today. Anyways, here we go. Alrighty. Hold it and just, how we did it last time. So. You can hold it like this. This? Oh, I hold it. Is the story? Just hold it. Okay. Sorry. Oh. Uh, this 
is the story Put it down. <laughs> of the red sword. The red sword. Once upon a time, there was a man called Theodore. Not Theodore Roosevelt, just Theodore. We don't know what his last name was. Actually, his name was Theodore Red, but Remember, that doesn't Red matter. Sword Cabinet, Leisure. Yeah, Red Sword Cabinet. And so, once upon a time, he was going. And so he was, he's a medieval professor. He, he's, it's present day, but he studies things that are medieval. So, he was doing his business, and he was going around, when all of a sudden, one of the, one of the guys that, like, kind of, like, went around the world, or, no, he was going around the world, and he was finding this stuff. So, one time, he came to a dark, dark castle. So, it was a dark and stormy night, conveniently. Um, a dark and stormy night. Exactly. So, um, it was, it was very dark, and it was very stormy, and the castle was made of black stone. So he was going... Was it, did it, like, kind of blend into, like, the back, to the night sky? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a little bit hard to see. But, you know... There were, the, probably, there were some lights lit, though, like, kind of candles lit on Yeah, the there, there were candles, and they had flashlights and everything, so they could see it fine. But it was just a little bit difficult to see without the light. So... And also, the, there wasn't a moon, so it was even harder. Anyways, so they go in, and they're looking around the castle, and honestly, out of all the castles he's seen, it's kind of ordinary, even kind of boring, because it's just, like, cobwebs everywhere, like, the, the, every now and then, you've got suits of armor, like, but, you know, those are kind of common. They didn't have anything special in them. And so, finally, they go to the kitchens, and in the kitchens... They find um, some cabinets with some uh, food that has been bad for a long time. Very, very long time. It probably tasted like this. Yeah, it probably tasted really bad. So. And sounded like this. Yes. I don't know why, but it just would. It just would. Just imagine it sounding like that and tasting like that. Yeah, it was. It would be bad. So they avoided that, but he stayed probably behind. Probably really crunchy too. Really crunchy, yeah. It was, it was, it was bad. Food. Probably a bunch of crunchy meats. Crunchy that meats were, that were literally raw, but it was so old that it was crunchy. Probably half of it was disintegrated. Honestly, probably true. So, um, so he's going there, but he just stays behind as everybody else leaves, and he's just curious because he's just like, "Oh, this is interesting food, even though it's very gross." So he looks about, and he sees these cabinets. And so he's just looking in them, seeing what there is. So there's, there's, um, he's also, he also can read different languages because he's written in different languages, but it says like pork chops, like chicken. They ate a lot of meat and there, but there's also some veggies there, uh, like some onions, some cilantro, all of that different stuff. But of course I had lots of different names because I don't know what they call it, like dragon's band or something. I don't know. Anyways, um. So they go, and he goes, and in the very last cabinet, there's a sword. And he's like, whoa. So what is his name again? Roosevelt? Theodore. Theodore. Not not Roosevelt. Theodore Red. Theodore. So Theodore Red. Yeah. And he found a cabinet, and inside the castle, Mm -hmm. there's a sword. There's a sword, and he's just like, whoa. Because, like, I mean, the hilt was impressive by itself. It was like this beautiful golden hilt with rubies and emeralds and diamonds and sapphires, any so precious like, metal you so could think like of. Reds, blues, greens, all. Yeah, reds, blues, greens, whites, everything. It just was jeweled everywhere. But except on the blade, I'm guessing, or was it on jewel? No, the not not on the blade. Okay. But so, so but it was still comfortable to hold. It wasn't uncomfortably jeweled. And so. He was going like so, and, um, so he found this, and he holds it, and it's like, wow, this sword is very balanced, but that, but that was the least of the wonders, it was the blade, the blade was not cankered, because you'd think it'd be rust, and, like, all that and stuff, because the, 
the, the actual hilt itself was made of gold, and gold never really actually rusts. So the, the hilt was fine, but the blade was really, really, really impressive because it wasn't rusted. But not only that, it was red. It was a deep, dark red. And he was like, this is insane. So he, they, go, they go back to their lab, and they analyze it, and it's a metal they've never seen before. So they're just like, what is this? And is it just Theodore yeah, who went to the castle, or does he have buddies? No, he, ha- he had a, a group of explorers. So they, they were going to this castle. And so they, they, were, they saw this sword, and they were just like, wow. And upon it was engraved the words of, if you hold, and this is kind of translated from, like, bad English and stuff. Angry. Yeah, and Greek and, like, Latin, everything. It was lots of different languages. Anyways, so it said, if you hold this sword on the castle spire, your hopes, your dreams will be found, including all it desires. So it kind of rhymed, and he was just like, well, that's pretty impressive. So he was pretty impressed that it rhymed. And so he's just like, wow. So he goes back to this castle, and he's just like, I wonder if this actually does something. So he goes back to the castle, and he goes and he goes to the castle's top spire, the one that he sus- is suspicious that it comes from, and he and he puts it up there. Are and they still in the castle? No, they actually went back to back to the lab. But this is just Theodore Red, and he's going back to the spire, and then so he holds up the sword, and then the blade and then he's just like okay let's see if this works so he's just like i want and then the first thing that comes to his mind is a puppy he's always wanted he's always wanted a puppy and so he's just like i want a puppy and then and 10 packs of chicken nuggets yeah he wanted chicken nuggets for some reason as well so he's just like i want chicken nuggets and a puppy 10 pack and so he gets and then instantly bang that those puppies or just the puppy he's just it's the puppy he wanted it's so cute it's wonderful and it's like but then he turned into a chicken nugget puppet puppy he did himself right or did that not happen no but he did realize that the chick it it was covered in chicken nuggets he was like okay that's gross and he's just like i do not want this puppy and so the puppy i want a puppy puppy turned into meat the puppy that Alan was turned into like some really luscious meat that he could eat. And then he was like, I want the puppy to just be a regular puppy. And then it turns into a puppy. But, because eating puppy is just weird. Yes, eating puppy is weird. So so he had a nice little puppy and he's happy. But then he realized that the sword had grown um the sword had grown it lighter. Like it wasn't so dark a red anymore. It was actually it was actually kind of brighter. So, actually, no, it turned darker, because the blade was already dark red because other people had used it for riches, and basically that's why this this castle is like left alone or, or it's kind of it's kind of wrecked because it kind of like the the cook finally got it and hid it in the cabinet because it's ta- causing too much bad. All the kings were like going corrupt over this crazy power because you could literally have anything it understood any language so that's why there are so many language is written on the blade so he so he was just like whoa it turned darker and at this point it's almost black dark and he's just like this might not be good but like that's in the back of his mind so he's just like then he starts wishing for good things and he's just like Okay, I want um a million dollars. Well, actually, that's not a good thing. But he wished for it, and then the blade grew darker, and he had a million dollars. And then he's just like, uh, so he just starts wishing all these different things until until the sword breaks. Until the sword grows black, and then he's just like, so the last thing that he wished for was a mansion. And so he's just like, I want a mansion. And then it turns black. And then the black spreads to him. Yeah. 
and it's so it covers him. Yeah, and so to this day, there is still a statue that is surrounded by a puppy with a mansion, and among other things. He, and he's just standing there. It's a black statue holding the sword, and but f- fortunately, nobody else can get to the sword be- it, because um, he h- holds it in such a tight grip. Which it actually went back to a no. The, the, the statue literally become the sword doesn't uh, doesn't have any power anymore either. It literally just became part of the statue. Yeah. It literally became part of him. Yeah. Anyways, so that's the that's the curse of the red sword. We did hit forty minutes, but I'm feeling a little bit more goofy than normal. Oh, what? I kind of want to go a little further. To an hour. Here we go. Um. So we're gonna start with another story. Uh, this is gonna be the last story of this segment, so enjoy. Five words? Uh, no, I, I'm just gonna, I have something. In your brain. I just have something in my brain that I want to get out. I won't use anything. Okay. Um, so, are you fine with that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. It's a last story, so. Yeah. Alright, so like, it starts out with this guy. He lives under a rock. He kind of just kind of like lives there. He's. Oh, wait, he, one more thing. More of the story? Don't be greedy. Yeah, don't be greedy, kids. Do not be greedy. That's why he turned into a statue. So if you don't want to turn into a statue, just don't be greedy. Because then you'll just live there for the rest of your days and see people eat chicken nuggets in front of you. You do not want that to happen. And if, but if he had done good decisions, if he had, if he had wished for good things, the sword would have become brighter and brighter and brighter. Well, if you think about it, one million dollars is still good. Yeah, but it's kind of a selfish thing. That's true. All right. Let's see. So I would have like if I used it to wish. If you got, let me know what you guys want. If you had it, what would you wish for? I would wish for like world hunger to end. Yeah. And like yeah, something like that. And like depression. And basically any of that stuff. Yeah. Anyways, but you can't really uh, yeah. But like if that was possible, of course, but. Anyways, so let's get into it. Next story. So, yeah, this guy lived under a rock. He was chilling. He, uh, he hit his head a bunch of times because he always tripped on his beard. Because <laughs> of how long it is. And he tripped on it all the time because he lives underground until he went blind. He tripped on his beard so many times that he hit his head so many times that he went blind. So he literally just like feels for things and tries finding like grubs and like food and worms and fungus. Yeah, and stuff to eat. Until one day he thought, I wonder if I could lift this lift this rock because he was burst out of the ground. Okay, now this is getting really weird. <laughs> the, he rocks, he just like formed from the ground. Don't ask why. Because he's lived under the rock all, all these days. So he fell for the top. And he's like, I wonder if I could lift this rock. So with all his might, he lifts it. And he lifts the rock completely oh, over. But then pieces of the rocks hit him on the head over and over again. Until his eyes, he could see again. And he was like, I can see. So he cried and he was so happy. He cried for hours. And then he finally got the energy to lift the rock one more time. And it finally lifted it completely over. And then he tripped on his beard again. This time he broke his arm. Oh. <laughs> wow. Was- so, in a lot of pain, he tried getting back up. And he saw a store near him. He didn't know what it was, but he it said, help. Which he could read English for some reason. He really well, he was really confused how he could read English. He, since he's been living underground for such a long time. But, Wait, so the, the store said help? Help. You can have help. Like, any help, if you need help, help is needed. You can, not help is needed. Uh, if, you, if you have any questions. Help guaranteed. <laughs> so, he went there, and he went into the store, and he saw a bunch of these things. He saw, like, he couldn't speak in English. He could just read it, because he was the born. Rocks, the rocks boinked him on the head. Him Actually, because you want to know the reason why he was born under rocks? Because there was a scientist. He created these certain rocks that had brain, like pieces of brain strands and DNA. 
he injected rocks with it somehow. And it basically made these rocks be able to, when you plant, when you put them underground, it would sprout human life. But the thing is, since it has particles of, like, him in it, you will, like, it will know how to read English and, like, all this type of stuff that, that human. So, he, that's how he knows that. He just doesn't, he doesn't know how to speak, though, because he never was taught how to speak. He just kind of, like, thinks and works that way. Anyways. So, he goes inside the store, and he sees, like, these shelves of food. And he sees this, like, and he also sees this band bandage, and he reads it, and it says, can, it can keep... It can, and also there's like a sling, arm sling, and he grabbed the arm sling, and he slipped his arm in it, because it helped, he just put it in it, and then, so, and then he walked through the exit of the store, and he also grabbed some food, because he saw these cans, and it showed like, it said food on them, so he grabbed them, and he walked, and he walked out of the store, and some of the managers, they were like, hey, are you gonna pay for that, and he was like, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't speak, and he just looked at them in confusion, and he just bolted out, and all the, all of the people, they all chased after them, they grabbed pitchforks, and they chased after him, and he ran back into his hole, and shut the, and pulled the rock over it, and everyone, like, just, was so confused, and they're like, huh, he lives under a rock, literally, but they left the rock alone. Yeah, they left it and they just left. And they all... The next day, he lifted the rock once again. And... He went. And... He had the arm sling. And when he entered, the people... the people He entered and the people saw him once again. And they were like, Hey, you're gonna pay for that arm sling that you stole from us yesterday? And he <laughs> and was like... Food. And the food! And then he was like... Uh... Because he couldn't speak, so he was just like... And then he was like... Hashtag repeat yesterday. And then the person literally just said... He was like, you gotta... Did you bite your... Did you bite your tongue or something? And then he just stared at him, blankly. And the worker... And the, like, the worker there, the employee got, like, was furious. And he get called security to remove him and pull the sling off. Which then made him screech in pain because his arm still hasn't healed. And they were like... He needs this. And then they're like, well, he needs to pay for it. So then... A 30-minute argument ensued. Yeah, like a 30-minute argument. Eventually, he they just ended up giving him the sling and just said, it's on the house. Just leave. And never come back. Because <laughs> they were just... It was just annoying. So they just let him leave and he got the sling back. But then, the next day, he had no clue. Like, he, they, he was like, oh, I don't know. Like, he can read stuff. He doesn't know, like, what they're saying. If you know what I mean. So, he walked back into the store the next day. Because he hasn't learned anything from his mistakes. Because he doesn't know what they're saying. So, he walks in the next day. And, and then they were like. And, the, and then all the employees are like. What is he doing here now? And then, he goes in the store. And he finds another shelf. And it has a bunch of canned foods. Once again, he grabs all the food. And bolts out. Bruh. Like every, all the, every other time. And they were like. Not this time. So, they had cars. So, they got called security. And they had police encircle him. And he was like, and then they're like, drop the food, now! And he was like, he just stared at all of them, and so confused. And he said, raise their hands, and he was he was still so confused. And fright, he just dropped all the food. And then they were like, hands behind your back, and he didn't know what he said, so they just forced his hands back. And arrested him. The thing is... He had a long beard, so when he was walking, he tripped. He tripped, which made the police holding his arms back trip fall as well. Then he saw his chance. Which then everyone was in confusion and were in shock, and he just bolted. And no one had time to pull his guns out. He ran, and literally lifted the rock because he's been getting buffed because of this rock. He's been getting like ripped because this lifting this one rock is already hard enough so it's just giving him muscles every every day so he just lifts it fast and just ducks under and the bullets fire they go they go they go like this boom rapidly just firing at him and they just and it was going crazy and he dodged under the rock and he was back home and under the police they were like what he lives literally lives under a rock and then, 
he ate all of his food, and then the next day, all the all the police officers were just waiting for him to exit the rock. The next day, he decided to stay, because he was tired, and he just slept through the next day. And then, he slept through the next day, the next day, until the police just got tired and just left. Because the stakeout, they just never, he was never, they just thought, oh, he's never going to show up again. We're good. So, they all just leave. But then, they, right after they leave, the next day, he opens the rock and comes back he's to the sword. Good. <laughs> exactly, but he doesn't even know that he's too good. He's literally just too good at the same time. So he goes back into the store. He grabs this time. Employees are like, he's here again. <laughs> and they call the police Read immediately. And the police are like, right when we left, he came. Bruh. Nice. So they turn around the car. Like, literally, they were just driving back. Yeah, they were literally driving back. And then they said, he literally just barely entered the car. Oh, he literally entered the shop again come immediately and then they're like we literally were just about to leave so they get back and they turn back around and they just go back straight to the shop and they all bust in and they're like but then he sees them and he saw and he just runs still and they all fire at him but the thing is his beard is whipping around and it's like swishing like around. It's literally deflecting the bullets. Bro. His brain, his his beard is too good. So his beard is just waving around like a helicopter. And He's going he helicopter mode. He's slicing the bullets with his helicopter beard. Until he trips on his beard. Until he trips on his beard and hits his head. And then he and goes blind. blind once again. That is the end. And he went to jail. And he went to jail. Moral of the story, don't trip and go blind, and, uh... Don't live under a rock. And just don't live under a rock, really. Just know, like, that, honestly, yeah, that is true. Don't live under a rock. Like, this is a true moral story. Like, do not live under a rock. You, It's good to know about the world and how it works before just diving right into it. So, so don't live under a rock. It's stupid. Because then you might call, uh, come back out and everyone is living in totally different ways, and you have no clue how the world works. And that is basically... No yeah, and how and how the world works, just like, in general. Just like I don't know lemons. So yeah, life when life gives you lemons, don't eat them. <clears throat> Anyways, that is the end of the story. And the segment. Uh, well, it's fifty-two minutes. Mm, so we have to do a tiny little quick something. We could just end it here. I don't have to have that hour long. Anyways. That was fun. I'll see you guys in a bit. That was, this is the end of the segment. Chilling in the cave. Or, sorry, lair. Bum, 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 bum,